Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are pumped to be with you before Christmas. Merry Christmas, by the way, everyone, because we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on in the world of sports in this holiday season. We're going to do some light housekeeping. We got BYU National Early Signing Day to talk about, BYU men's basketball to talk about, and some new old additions. We got bowl season to talk about, bowls past, bowls present, and bowls future. It's going to be looking like a Christmas carol out here. Don't miss it. Before you get into the episode, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. where you'll find lots of fun and interactive content. You'll find lots of posts that Jared is making that are incredible, highlighting bowl season and making everything um, jolly and bright, as the holiday hymns would say. We love you guys. Let's get into this episode. Let's boo. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over your death, right? Let's back this booler. Yeah! Ah! Let's go wild, Let's man. Go, baby. Let's go. And welcome back to the podcast, the best podcast in the land. We take BYU sports way too seriously, and you can too. <laughs> that was incredible wow that was right off the dome yeah that was definitely our best singing we've ever had oh, yeah. um welcome back though everybody merry christmas first off happy holidays hopefully everybody's Woo! done working uh done going to school done being responsible for the next couple of weeks um yeah this is a great time it's the best time of year i mean we got bowl games basically every day except for the day we're recording this so it's a good yeah. time it is a great time to be alive, everybody. Merry Christmas to all. Um, unless you are Jake Retzloff and that one rabbi that's always posting about him on Twitter. Um, still Merry Christmas to you, but a very happy Hanukkah to you guys. Yes, uh, very much so. Happy Hanukkah to all of you and yours. Uh, uh, happy anyway. Kwanzaa, too, I guess. Kwanzaa, Boxing Day. What other ones are there? Uh, let's see. There's probably some dumb, like, National Chestnut Day or something. Oh, definitely. So, um, like that. But happy holidays. Yeah, Kwanzaa, Christmas Eve, Boxing Day. We'll get to New Year's a little bit later, though. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, 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 we'll actually be here. Uh, I mean, let's just get into it. Let's do some housekeeping. We'll actually be it. here next week. Um, I know we usually take a couple weeks off for the holidays, but we feel – such an obligation to bring you our fiery hot takes um, and all the misinformation that we are un, uh, un, unpurposefully sharing with you. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be back here after Christmas. So yeah, stay tuned for another episode. That's when we'll preview like the new year six games, the playoff uh, and kind of the conclusion of the college football and calendar years. So stay tuned for that one next week. It's sad that college football is coming to an end, but enjoy it while it lasts. These bowl games have been chaotic. They've been crazy. 
We've seen pieces of toast dumped on coaches. We saw a big bucket of iced coffee get dumped on a coach yesterday. There's so many things going on in bowl season. Enjoy it while it lasts. It won't be here forever. Make sure you're tuning in. We'll talk about some bowl games that you can watch a little bit later. But first, we want to thank everyone that joined our Bowl Mania group, Capital yeah. One Bowl Mania. Yeah, uh, Bowl Mania is going strong. Uh, we had like a 400% increase from our participants last year. Essentially us three and my cousin Elliot. Um, mm-hmm. Now there are a whopping 12 people in the Bull Mania group. Let's Sweet. go. Let's go. Uh, we'll your chances it. of winning went way up mm-hmm. <laughs> because nobody joined. So uh, yeah, again, reminder, we will be giving out a random t-shirt and a random hat to the winner. So uh Stay tuned. That's going to be exciting. Remember, that is not a random hat and shirt of the same team. We will generate a random team twice. So you could get two of the same team, or you could get two wildly different teams. It's going to be a lot of fun. Shout out to the 10 of you, other than us two, that joined. (laughs) We love you guys. We appreciate your engagement on our Instagram, on our Twitter. Make sure you're following us at LoyalToRoyalPod, where you can find all of these things that uh, we're always talking about especially on Instagram at loyal to Royal pod. That's where we do the majority of our stuff. Jared's popping off right now with some beautiful graphics that he designed for bowl season. Make sure you're checking that out. Uh, yeah. Thank you for everybody that's engaging. Honestly. I mean, that's really all we have to say. We're, we're very grateful. We love all you guys wishing y'all a very Merry Christmas, but Justin, there are still sports going on. The holidays mm-hmm. are rich with sporting events. Uh, let's start things off. Let's talk a little BYU basketball. Like we always do. Again, yep, not yep. officially basketball season, but we're just kind of peeking over the hedge to what's next. Yep. Um, it's not basketball the, season. It's not not basketball season either, though. Exactly, exactly. We're kind of riding that line there. Uh, but, Justin, how have we looked in the last couple of games? We beat Denver. We beat Georgia State, both in, like, basically blowouts. Uh-huh. Uh, any any news or notes from those games? Um, We only beat Denver by 16, which was – you know, disappointment for our team. We were up by like 30 and then let them score in garbage time. But uh, we are currently up number one in the up once, but not to number one, up one spot in the AP poll up to number 17. Definitely not number one, um, which is kind of fun because when you're looking at some bracketology here and there, BYU is currently slated as a four seed. And if we were to be put in the West, if I'm not mistaken, that would mean BYU would be playing its first tournament game in Salt Lake City. That's first two games. Oh, yeah. Which would be oh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Tickets are already on sale for the Salt Lake March Madness venues. Um, I see billboards for it when I drive every single day. So, I mean, if you're really thinking that BYU is going to be this good, maybe the time to buy them is now because, you know, at the come March, those tickets might be kind of expensive. Absolutely. And as somebody who's gone a couple times in the past when it has been in Salt Lake, I cannot recommend it enough. It is one of the most unique sporting events you will ever go to. It is an incre- it is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to these early-round NCAA tournament games. Uh, the crowd is such a just a mixed bag. Like, no one really has a team in the fight usually. Like, I went and saw, like, Northwestern and VCU play, and it was electric. It was <laughs> insane. So, like, it, I would highly recommend, if you can, like, find a ticket to that um it's definitely not as expensive as it would be in other cities um just it being salt lake and all yeah so yeah highly recommend and especially if you think byu might be there which who knows they might be 
I mean, they might be. If we go 500 in conference, we might still end up as a four seed. I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, heck yeah. yeah. Um, this team is kind of interesting, though. Um, we, we, we've had a couple of new players, uh, m- maybe not like completely re immerse themselves, but for example, Dawson Baker coming back off of an injury, um, the whole NCAA waiver thing, um, uh, so very Adams weird. Adams can play. Um, so this team, I mean, it's still shifting. There's still things changing, um, with the dynamics of this team, uh, which is really interesting because we start conference play in just over two weeks. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, Fusini Traore has also been hurt and has been out for a couple of weeks as well. Dawson Baker, for those of you that don't know him, I feel like you got to throw that phrase out there, right? You stand out of the pole. For those of you that don't know me, um, Dawson Baker is a transfer, if I'm not mistaken, from UC Irvine. Was it UC Irvine? It's UC one of the UCs. Irvine or Davis? Like, yeah, I think, it was I, think it was, I think it was UC Irvine. But yeah. um, people are really excited about him. He's a very electric guard. He only played six. Uh, he only played eight minutes kind of hogged the ball in those eight minutes. But, I mean, if you're only going to play eight minutes, you got to get your shot ups, shots up, right? Went three of five from the field, was a really good distributor, too, and uh, was making some really good shots. Also airballed one terribly, but, you know, things happen. You got to get it out of the system. Exactly. You, you got to airball once or twice. Uh, Marcus Adams, who Jared referenced, you might not know him. We might not know him very well. He uh, transferred from Gonzaga. Um, after already having transferred another time somehow, and he hadn't played a single minute on the floor. He's a freshman. Uh, might not be in playing shape because he wasn't expecting to play this year, but then all of a sudden, was it in Georgia or some random state that uh, somebody sued the NCAA? And, of course, if you if you sue the NCAA, it's an automatic win. The, the judge just <laughs> sees versus NCAA and awards the win to the other party. Uh, Marcus Adams is freaking good. If you look at his high school highlights, he is very, very good. He was a four-star. Um, he was All-State. He had a 94 overall rating, which is insane. When he was in high school, he was rated the number nine small forward in the nation. So he is very good, will be a very good addition to our team, who is playing very efficiently. Our team currently, after being 180-something last year, is number one in the nation in assist-to-turnover ratio led by none other than our big man, Ali Khalifa, who has a turnover ratio of, and I am not joking, 15 to 1. Jared's wooing so hard that Mike's not even picking it up. (laughs) Um, That's incredible. I love watching Khalifa play. He is an eyesore and a gem (laughs) at the same time. Like, he's so big, he's so slow, so unathletic looking. But the man has the best court vision I've seen at BYU in years. Mm-hmm. This man is a baller. Like, it's he's the epitome of, like, the guy in the elders quorum that looks like he has no business being on a basketball court and yet is somehow the, the best player on the court and scores, like, two Head points. Headband and high socks. Yeah, dude. Like, he is so freaking good. It is so fun to watch him play. I had no idea how much of an addition he would be. But he really has been. And like you said, the assist turnover ratio. Last year, we could count on 15-plus turnovers every conference game, basically. Yep. Like, it, it was a joke how many times we turned the ball over. And now we're one of the, like like you said, number one assist turnover ratio. It, absolutely incredible transformation this team has made. I am still withholding judgment, however. We play Bellarmine and then Wyoming. And then we go into conference play and we start things off with a freaking bang. I mean, we played Cincy at home. 
you know, just like in football. And then we go to Baylor, to UCF, Iowa State at home, take like just a gauntlet. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very excited to see how we do in conference. And I'm not like fully on the wagon, like, oh, Mark Pope is the dude. This is all this is all so good, right? Like we figured it out. I'm still withholding judgment until I see how we do in a tough conference. I, I have a theory, Jared. I'm excited to hear this. And this builds on another theory. You know how I, how I've said that we are having successes here because we have another Zach Selius? Yes. Okay. Townsend is Zach Selius. He is. Right. However, we have another Zach Selius. Oh. Okay. That being Richie Saunders. Oh, who yeah. Actually plays like Zach Selius. He doesn't look anything like Zach Selius, but he does play like it. He looks like a weird-looking white dude that's giving you buckets. And as, a, as an opposing player, you see this guy pull up to, like, the YMCA or something like that. <laughs> you feel like you're going to dominate him the whole time. He's giving you buckets in a Division One college basketball game, like – it's got to be infuriating. And not only do we have two Zach Selyuses, which is a huge bonus, but I think I just discovered something, Jared. Oh. He's better. He's better, which is better, which is good. But Ali Khalifa, you know how he said that he's kind of an eyesore to watch, but he's good and a vital part of our team? Yeah. Does that remind you of anyone? It does. 2020 Colby Lee? Absolutely. <laughs> We got a Colby Lee, too. We have a big Chungus. I think Ali Khalifa is the new big Chungus. Ali Khalifa is the new big Chungus. Spoiler alert. In a couple months here, Ali Khalifa is going to win the Roy Lee for big Chungus. <laughs> yep. The honorary, big Chungus award. the honorary big Chungus award. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and what you were saying about Richie Saunders, dude, absolutely true. That man has hustle like no one else. Like, well, like Zach Selyus. This man is a, a freaking animal. Like, he looks like a, like a cornered bobcat uh, just <laughs> scrambling all over the court. He had 20 points and six rebounds as a guard. Like, this guy's good, dude. He's certified good. Stamp of approval from the Royal Strong and True podcast. Um, funny thing, he actually used to be in my ward uh, when I oh. lived in Everton. Richie Saunders and Dax Milne were both in my ward. Oh, so, it's funny to see like balling the frick out, and I'm over here podcasting in my parents' basement. So... You know, we all go our separate ways in life. <laughs> you know, you were also a generational lacrosse player. Huh? True, true, yes. Generational is the way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a reason I played two years of lacrosse. Um, all right, let's move on. Unless you have anything else about BYU basketball. BYU basketball is still impressing. It, it is fun mm-hmm. to watch, which we did not think would be even coming out of our mouths no. at, at this point. I thought we'd be 500 at this point, but here we are. At best. Um, no, we're doing great. Um, let's move on to BYU football. Uh, BYU football is not playing in a bowl game. And yes, we're mm-hmm. here to talk about bowl games. But today was also the ridiculous early signing period that is throwing the complete the college football calendar out of whack. Yep. Um, it is what it is. Like, we can talk about that maybe in the offseason sometime about what we need to do about the college football calendar. But regardless, it is here. Today was signing day. BYU had a pretty good class, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, decently sized, decent uh, like level of recruits. Um, again, not like the giant step forward that we thought we would see in the Big 12, but it is a step forward, I would say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think Jay Hill did an incredible job recruiting this cycle. He was flipping guys. That's something that you never heard in the past, right? BYU, once somebody was was committed somewhere, 
we were all hands off. We weren't going to play dirty. We weren't going to try to flip recruits. Jay Hill said, nah, man, screw that. I'm flipping everyone. We're flipping Utah legacy guys from Utah to BYU. You know, you got Ephraim Asiata, who, Isada, sorry. How do you, how do you pronounce Isada? Isada? Uh, Asiata. Uh, it is Asiata. Okay. Yeah. Ephraim Asiata, legacy guy. He has, he's got two family members that played at Utah. Yep. We flipped them to BYU. That is absolutely insane. He's insane. He's a high-ranking three-star, four-star. 75% of our recruits early signing period were defenders. Offense left a little bit to be desired. Uh, I mean, there was a four-star tight end that signed Reiner Swanson, but we knew mm-hmm. he was going to be part of the team for forever. Right. Why do you think, Jared, that our defense got so many pieces this early signing period and our offense didn't? I think we just got to chalk it up to Jay Hill. I mean, no, nothing against A-Rod in this particular point that I'm making. <laughs> but Jay Hill's a baller. Like, you see him on Twitter. He posts about every single recruit. He's constantly recruiting online, on social media. He's a fiery guy. He's like, you can tell he's got a lot of riz with the boys. I don't what? Riz with the, the boys? Correct, I don't know if that's the correct u- usage of that word. Um, um, may, uh, prob- probably not. Might, might have to do with our original podcast name. <laughs> okay, well, maybe forget I said that. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jay Hill, he's just like, he just seems like he's young. He's fiery. He's got that, like, I'm going to go out and try new things. I'm going to go out and, you know, like you said, I'm not going to play by the rules. I'm going to do my own thing. And and it's working. Like, he's getting the frick. I, like, I don't know. I've been very, very, very impressed with what Jay Hill has done on the recruiting trail. He didn't come in until, what was it, spring ball, right? Just before spring ball um, last year. He, he's doing an incredible job. He's nailed down a bunch of recruits. He's flipped guys. Uh, that, that was really, really exciting for me to see that, like like you said, 70% of our guys were defense and 50% of the defense was D linemen alone. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see. It is really cool to see. Offensively, I mean, Aaron Roderick, you got to recruit a little bit more, but, you know, this is just the early signing period. There will be more players right. to recruit. As well as, I mean, he came out and said the most important recruiting job he did in the past week or so was retain players. He did retain players. There weren't a lot of offensive players that left. And when you had, you know, you had Miles Davis who left and then came back. You have, you know, Keanu Hill who's coming back to play tight end, question mark. Why? Yeah, I that is something like, we need to get into later. <laughs> he's like 185 pounds. I honestly don't know how much he weighs, but he he's pretty skinny. You don't know what he's he's a good blocker. I guess I don't know. A uh, little bit uh, was a little bit was left to be desired by Aaron Roderick and his staff, but I mean they got the only true 24/7 four star on this list. So yeah, and uh, like you said, I am excited about Reiner Swanson. He does look very good. Heavily heavily recruited like. Something that Kalani Satake said today was like, we're beating guys out, you know, like we're Mm -hmm. beating other teams that we don't usually beat. Um, And that's something that I noticed too. Like we we're beating out a ton of West coast schools. We're beating out Texas tech. We're beating out Georgia tech. Like we're going into Georgia, into Texas, uh, into California and beating these teams that usually recruit there. Like we're, we're getting really good players, quote unquote. Right. We don't know how good they're going to be. We're getting good players um to come here uh on on the part of the offense i i see what you're saying like 
there's not really any offensive player that really catches your eye unless it's Reiner Swanson or maybe Tainakua. Tainakua yeah. is really, really True. good from Tim View. He's small, a little bit undersized, but I mean, so is Buka, right? Um, his brother. So uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, looking at this list, though, where do you think we still need to address some concerns moving forward? I mean, obviously we have the portal, right? The portal is going to be huge up until spring ball and even afterwards. Um, but also, like you said, the February brings the real signing day, so we could see some recruits there as well. Yeah, I don't, it's kind of funny, right? Because you're looking at this list and you have no clue who's actually going to be with the program next year. Because right. you got guys that are going to go on missions. You got guys like Reiner Swanson who are going to enroll early, play one year, and then leave on a mission. We have absolutely no clue. BYU's wild in that sense. But I mean, we filled a lot of gaps in this. We were gonna, we were going to be weak at DB. We were just because you know Eddie Heckard was leaving. You got other guys that are graduating, leaving the program. We got Trey Alexander, who, as you mentioned, was that guy that Georgia Tech was pursuing out of Decatur, Georgia. Uh, Jay Hill came out today and said that Trey Alexander might be the most athletic and best corner that he will have ever worked with. Ooh. So very high praise for him. We were weak at linebacker. We got Ephraim Asiata. We got, uh, let's see, who else did we get at linebacker? We got Adney Reed, almost Andy Reed. <laughs> Adney Reed out of, uh, where, where was he out of? I'm forgetting, Spanish Fork. Spanish Fork, yeah. Spanish Fork, Utah. We got those. One thing that I did not see that I wanted to see, and you already mentioned, we totally reloaded a defensive tackle. We got like a 380-pounder to put there. We got a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we got um, – Big old boys in there. One thing that I did not see, I didn't see big old boys on the other side of the line. I wanted to see more offensive linemen in this draft cl- draft class, in this recruiting class, <laughs> or in this transfer class as well. We are getting some, right? We got a guy off of his mission, Joe Brown from Lone Peak, who's a three-star. We got a transfer out of Palo Alto, California, and we also got another transfer. Uh, sorry, not a transfer, a recruit out of Springville, Utah. These are all three-star guys. The guy off his mission, who knows if he's going to be ready. He's probably lost a ton of weight on a mission, or maybe he's gained a ton. I would have liked to have seen more reloading going on at offensive line. But obviously that's going to be hard when you don't have an offensive line coach. Yeah. And and I think that probably pays a part in why a lot of recruits are staying away until they see who comes. You know, get a couple conversations in with whether it's Woods or whoever else it is, right? Um, I was shocked by the number of tight ends we got. We got a couple of good tight ends. We got Reiner Swanson, yeah. even though the guys that recruited them are now gone. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, a couple places, I, I'm really high on Trey Alexander. I still want more DBs. Um, I, I still think we could use more guys like him, especially in the Big 12. We're going to be going up against high-powered offenses. Uh, a lot of the time, we're going to need some good DBs. Um, and then, like you said, O-line, definitely. Uh, but another one that stuck out to me was running back. Um Mm. you know like Tyler Algier was not a running back recruit or I guess he was but they recruited him to play linebacker whatever it is right Um, last year we got LJ Martin and he's been really good he was explosive shifty slippery but I think we still need like a big back we need somebody like Aiden Robbins maybe not to the extent of Aiden right 250 6'4 whatever he was but we need a we need a big stable of running backs, and I feel like we're pretty thin there right now. Um, yes, Hinkley and, and then Miles and LJ are great. I 
the running back room is one of those that BYU just churns through year after year. We're going to need lots more of those guys. Oh, yeah. Hinkley can be that bruiser, Hinkley Rapati, but he's got to stay healthy for more than like 15 snaps. Right. You know, the dude always gets hurt after 15 snaps, which is terrible. You know, you, you don't want to see guys getting hurt and you never know, like, you know, is his body not holding up or is they just freak accidents? You got guys like Taysom Hill that got injured every year. You then go to the NFL and was like, oh, he's too injury prone. Had one concussion in the NFL, but other than that, has been right. playing actively every single game. Like there's, and he's it's not like he's sliding; he's running people over and jumping <laughs> over people and doing. I don't know. Injuries are weird. So I agree with you. I would have liked to have seen more at running back. We did get a couple of quarterback recruits that I know are that our guys are very happy about. Enoch Watson out of Queen Creek, Arizona. He's another Max Hall guy. Mm-hmm. And then we also got Noah Lugo out of uh, uh, what city in Texas? Hazlitt. Uh, Hazlitt, Texas. Don't know what Hazlitt is, but I just saw a highlight today of Noah Lugo literally hurtling a 6'3 linebacker into the end zone. So he's an athlete. He should be a lot of fun to watch as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about the, the quarterbacks. Um, BYU is not a school that's going to get really great quarterback recruits. Um, I know a lot of fans think that we should, but really good quarterback recruits are not going to come to BYU. We are like, I think those high level three stars, maybe a four star here and there, like that's probably the ceiling of quarterback recruit right now that BYU is going to get. I know yeah. even with all the success with Jaron and, and Zach and stuff like that. Um, but those are kind of the guys that we're going to get. And so I think in, unless you bring in guys through the portal, BYU should BYU fans should probably get ready to, to kind of jump into that developmental mode where we're going to have to recruit high school guys, develop them while the older guys kind of play out their careers. Um, and, and I'm excited about that. I know it's not as exciting. It's not as cool to see like, Oh, we got this four-star guys, the best one in the state of Idaho or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm okay with seeing us develop because I, especially with quarterback, I think those are the guys that you need to have multiple years in the system multiple years of experience like the transfer portal for quarterbacks is just a temporary band-aid it's not really going to lead to lasting success yep i've got two things that i'm really pumped about in this recruiting class so far first being that we beat out utah on a ton of these different recruits true used to be that utah was killing us left and right but we got aziada who is a utah legacy kid who is what i think the number seven recruit in the state of utah yeah, number six or something. Number yeah. six, yeah. We nabbed him, which is incredible. We got uh, – I'm going to botch this pr- pronunciation, sorry. But uh, we got Kini Laofonohima, a three-star edge from Springville, Utah, over both Utah and Oregon State, which is absolutely insane. I, Well, it's not insane. We should be getting recruits over Utah. But I think <laughs> it's important that we are. The second thing – and this is the thing I'm most excited about. A five-star. Five-star long snapper, so, you know, it's – yeah, five star is for those of you that don't understand the star system for long snappers and specialists. It's different than the twenty four seven star system, but five star is still incredibly good. We got a guy, a long snapper out of Mesa, Arizona. His first name is Cannon. <laughs> In- incredible, right? Absolutely incredible. Has a cannon for arm, tosses it between his legs. But guess what his last name is? Oh boy. Skidmore. <laughs> Cannon Skidmore. Or Skidmark, whatever. Like that could be his nickname or whatever. Throws it like a cannon through his legs, 
He's a long snapper, right? So the ball's going right by his butt. Skin mark. <laughs> it's a brown football going on the white BYU pants. It's going to look like a skin mark. That's incredible. Perfect name for a long snapper. <laughs> I think BYU is going to win the national championship on the back of Cannon Skidmore. Cannon Skidmark. On I the butt, that. I should say, of Cannon Skidmark. <laughs> um, that I I know it's kind of funny because like the recruits that we got um for to play long snapper and kicker and punter right like these are like yes high stars but it's a punter and a kicker and whatever right um but still I like to see that because it tells me that we have enough options that special teams is not going to be an issue like it was two years ago it's it is going to be decent it's going to be okay and that's something that I really, really, really love to hear. Uh, we even got an Aussie. Yeah. Aussie transfer. Um, we got three Aussies in this recruiting class. Look at us go, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I think for me, recruiting is not that big of a – it's kind of like one of those whoop-de-doo moments for me. I know some yeah. people get really into it. Um, but for me, like, it, it, Kyle McCord, Okay. He's not the reason, but he's a perfect example of why I don't really care about recruiting. Kyle McCord is like the number six quarterback or the number five quarterback in the entire country. One of the five, you know, five-star recruit coming out of high school, blah, blah, blah. Sucked. Was terrible. Now he's playing at Syracuse, right? So recruiting rankings don't really mean that much. Yes, they're predictive of what teams can win in Natty, but it really doesn't mean for someone at BYU's level, like, you're regardless of whether it's, Jim Bob, Jim Bob from Springville or Bo Diddley <laughs> Pete from Colorado Springs. Like you're going to have to develop them and you're going to have to coach them and they're going to have to be successful on their own. Not just because they were highly ranked in high school. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's not that exciting, but I think for this recruiting class, BYU gets like a thumb, thumbs, one thumbs up and one and a half, one and a yeah. half thumbs up. Yeah. Um, in fact, maybe let's just bump it up to two. I'll give him two thumbs up because sure. we haven't had that many people leaving the portal. Like, yes, mm-hmm. Quentin Rice is in the portal, and we are very, very sad. Rest in peace, that. Quentin Rice. Royally winner. Yes, a royally winner. Um, but when I'm doing my research for these other bowl games, these teams have like 15, 19, 12, 17 players in the transfer portal. BYU is not one of those schools that has 20 people in the transfer portal. Like, I, it made me very um, grateful. Like I, I didn't realize how lucky we were that we just didn't have just squads and squads of people leaving every year through the portal. And so I, th- that's a really good recruiting job. It's not going to show up on signing day, but that's a really good recruiting job by our own coaches. And it says a lot about the culture that they're putting in the, the, the relationships they have that we're able to retain a great deal of players comparatively to other schools. I did. I 100% have to agree with that. I mean, like Aaron Roderick said, right, the most important recruiting job he did this week was retain players. So, I mean, you, you got this list of players. How many are going to be on missions in a couple of years? How many are going to have transferred in a couple of years? It's just the Wild West. You know, you never know. I do want to give two quick shout-outs, though, to a couple of these recruits. Uh, Shout-out uh, Blake Lowe, athlete out of Temecula, California. Hey, yo. Basically my hometown, my wife's hometown. Uh, Shout-out to him, Chaparral High School. I also want to give one quick shout out as well to Brody Laga. It's a five-star kicker. He is a prototype kicker. Incredible. Massive leg. He's like six foot one, 140 pounds. 
So he's like that guy in Idaho State two years ago. He is literally Slenderman. He <laughs> is thick, skinny, has no meat to him whatsoever, but can kick a ball far. That's the beauty of the American dream. If you can <laughs> kick a ball far, you can get free school. <laughs> uh, that's what we all came over on the Mayflower for, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. No all matter right. how unathletic you are, if you can kick ball far or throw ball like Skidmark, you are getting your school paid for, baby. Get paid, baby. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Enough about BYU football, a team that is not actually in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the bowl games. We've had some bangers. We've only had oh, what yeah. nine bowl games so far, um, and they have been incredible. Uh, I have loved watching all these bowl games, even in the games that are like blowouts or not that close. Like, there's so many shenanigans that are going on. The graphics they're putting up about like people's childhood like pet donkeys and then like just dumping random like breakfast items on on coaches after they win like it's been absolutely nuts and i've loved every second of it me too man let's start off with the most exciting one in my opinion western kentucky's comeback for his old dominion you (laughs) had written off western kentucky in our group chat you were oh yeah you were saying get out of my sight I don't want to see you. I don't want to watch this game anymore. Western Kentucky sucks because you chose Western Kentucky. I chose Old Dominion. Western Kentucky, what was it, like a 20-point comeback or something like that? They were down 28-0 to in the first freaking quarter. Yeah. Like, there's no coming back from that, but there is. Heck, yeah, there isn't a bowl game. It was absolutely just bonkers. Like you said, I was roasting the crap out of them. Uh, but shout out to them. They put in their backup quarterback who really didn't play any worse than the starter that they had. He just didn't get any lucky like interceptions, right? The first guy had like three picks that were all like BOE versus Utah 2011 to 2019. Oh, no. It, it, it was bad. But shout out to Western Kentucky. I mean, they fought back. They made it a game. They blocked two field goals, one of them in overtime. Like just an absolutely – bonkers game that is why we need bowl games that that is why we need bowl games we need all of them no more of this cut out bowl games we need less of them because you know this game wouldn't have happened if we had less bowl games these are the games that are the fun ones people like bowl games are awesome exactly exactly what other bowl games have caught your eye so far jared um i mean the cure bowl obviously that one was going on while i was working uh, every time I would look down at it on my computer screen, there was another fumble. I think there were 12 fumbles mm-hmm. in the game. Only six of them were lost, but there were 12. It was like they were playing in a hurricane. Only it six absolutely lost. hilarious. The final score was what, 13 to 9? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Freaking love that. Um, and then shout out Jacksonville State. I mean, here in the FBS, going out winning a bowl game in overtime. Got to clap it up for the Cox, baby. Good job. I will clap it up for the Cox any day of the week. Um, shout out to them. Like, for those of you that are saying, bowl games don't matter. Cut them out. Did you see how freaking pumped Jacksonville State was when they won that football game? I, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I get, I get all my bowl games mixed up because I've watched too many of them. That was the Toastery Bowl, right? No, the famous Toastery Bowl was uh, – Shoot. That was Western Dude, You're I, right. When all the bowl games happen at once, it gets a little bit uh, it, it it gets pretty clustered in there. It was the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. 
Uh, I just remember a team with red dumping toast on a coach. So, I mean, <laughs> Jacksonville State, Western Kentucky, whatever it was. But Jacksonville State won a bowl game. They were so pumped. First bowl win in program history. That is incredible. Bowl games matter. Bowl games do matter. Uh, like, if you don't think bowl games are fun, I don't want to talk to you. Sorry. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I love you, but I don't want to talk to you. Simple. <laughs> Simple. Yeah. Um, UTSA. They beat Marsh. They were down 14-0, another huge comeback. And then by the end, it was a snooze fest at the end of the game. Like, the the football, like, they just smacked them in the end. Marshall had a big lead. They were running the ball well. And then UTSA was like, oh, wait, we're playing football. And then they <laughs> went out and won. Uh, Coach Trailer, who knows how long he'll be there, but he got a massive coffee bath on the sideline during play. It, yeah. There was literally a swing pass to that side of the field. Yeah, the quarterback the was rolling out to that. Yeah, you see the coffee, like, almost hit the ball. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was very funny that they dumped coffee on him. Again, why we love bowl games. They dump coffee on the coach. Come on. Iced coffee? I mean, why not pipe in hot coffee? May as well, right? Like, if you're <laughs> going to go for it, just go all in. Yeah. I will say UTSA was very uh, – gamesmanship with heavy quotes there were so many freaking fake injuries from utsa Mm -hmm. anytime marshall would do the hurry up utsa would drop and cramp it was hilarious because they're the ones that are playing 30 minutes away from home or whatever and marshall had to fly in like marshall should be the one cramping not you right i thought that was very funny again another shenanigan of the bowl games (laughs) those are some of our favorite bowl games that have happened thus far but there are some more bowl games that will happen before our next episode. We want to give you guys a quick preview of each of those. Absolutely. Uh, before we hop into those, let's do the quick standings. Um, oh, dear. oh, dear. I thought we Maybe did we that. don't have to. I don't know. Dan and the fans are just destroying us. Three games up on me, four games up on you. Justin, should we just retire? Should we just, a, you know, just not do this? It's a long season. Uh, there's still many games to go. Um, I do not regret my picks. I am three and six. Hand up. I'm three and six. Jared's better than me. He's four and five. <laughs> I do not regret my picks in any way, shape, or form. They were fun. I picked the most fun scenario that I could think of in every single bowl. And even though it hasn't worked every time, I have had fun imagining that outcome happening. So I do not regret my picks. I'm right there with you, man. I'd pick all my picks the exact same. I've been yep. so, so wrong on so, so many. Um, but I love it. It's been absolutely awesome. Uh, NCAA football simulations, four and five, notably. Uh, doing better than us, basically. Uh, interesting note there. Yeah, not <laughs> bad. not smarter than a computer from 12 years ago. Oh, um, gosh. Anyway, let's get into the next couple of games. We have, let's see, how many? 10 bowl games, 12 bowl games. Um, before now and when we will be recording next um essentially uh we yeah probably i don't know we'll see we'll just go through the next ones up until when we're recording next uh we'll just give you a couple thoughts on each of them and let's start off with the boca raton bowl tomorrow usf and syracuse um i think this one's gonna be a fun one yeah this one is gonna be a fun one just because there are two teams that have absolutely no identity um neither team knows what it wants to do both teams move the ball by accident South Florida tries its best. Syracuse also tries its best. But Syracuse, uh, their coaching room kind of just got poached. Uh, USF, um, who even knows what's going on there in Tampa? This is going to be fun just because it's going to be two teams that are like 
that can't fight, but that are fighting, you know, that they're, they're closing their eyes halfway. They're looking away, but they're still swinging, you know, going like that. <laughs> you know, you guys can't see what happened. Jared just saw it happen, but you know, just, just imagine like a nerdy kid fighting another nerdy kid. And they're like, you know, eyes closed, swinging like crazy. They don't even know what they're doing. They're kicking their leg too. That's going to be this game. It's going to be fun. It is. And it's going to be a, so, so fun. I mean, come on, Boca Raton. Hopefully there's another hurricane. South Florida playing close to home. Oh, there's another. Oh, my gosh, Jared. (laughs) Uh, I'm very excited for that game. Uh, And then on Friday night, we have the Georgia Tech UCF Gasparilla Bowl. This one is going to be awesome. The uniforms are going to be the exact same. It's going to be like a spring game, basically. Perfect. Uh, I'm really excited, though. These are two very, like, these are chaos teams. Uh, Georgia Tech caused a ton of chaos in the ACC this year. Uh, they weren't really any good, but they just, they beat good teams. They had really close games when they weren't supposed to. And then UCF was just like beating Oklahoma state by 45 and then beating BYU in double overtime because we stink. Like these, these are two very chaotic teams. Um, I'm very, very excited to see this game again. Bowl games are fun. This is going to be an example. Yeah. Georgia tech had a very BYU season. They beat great teams and lost to terrible teams. They're trying to steal BYU's whole flow, word for word, bar for bar, they're stealing it. UCF, also kind of a similar deal, right? They beat great teams and then had the fight to the very end with bad teams. What do they do when they both are weird? It's like a non-moving force meeting a non-moving object. Not even physics knows. Yeah, not even physics knows what's going to happen when you take these things. It's like two magnets, right? And the same same side is facing each other. So you're pushing them in. They're resisting each other. But once you make them make contact and you let go, you never know what's going to happen. They're going to shoot off and whatever. That's this game. I like that. That's a perfect analogy. And somehow the exact same like visual that I had before you even brought up the magnets was that <laughs> those magnets. Um, very excited for that one. Uh, next up, we have the Birmingham Bowl. We get into kind of that uh, Christmas Eve, technically, uh, slate. We start off with Troy and Duke. Dude, this is Beautiful. a big one. Troy, a Sunbelt, Sunbelt powerhouse, incredible defense. And then Duke without Riley Leonard is also kind of just a defensive powerhouse, right? Like, not yeah. much offense, a lot of defense. Are we going to see a lower scoring game in this one? You can't forget Mike Elko's also gone. All right. Is True. he coaching the bowl game or is he at Texas A&M already? I actually don't know. I don't think he's coaching the bowl game given by his, his like introduction and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Texas A&M would let him coach in the bowl game. Um, this game, you know that meme of the Virginia Tech coach holding up his hands because the game <laughs> ended 0-0? Zero zero? Yeah. That might be this game. That and is I hope definitely it is. Be this game. <laughs> I want to see – I want to see 0-0, right? And this game ends because in overtime, somehow there was a safety (laughs) on the complete opposite side of the field, whether that's by penalty, whether that's by, you know, like intercepting it and then fumbling the ball out of the end zone or something, which I don't – I don't know what the heck – I don't know. I I want to see a – somebody's going to win, Right. Because in overtime, they scored. Then they went for two, and they got stopped. Then the other team scored. 
only has to kick an extra point to win it. That extra point got blocked and taken back for two points. <laughs> That's how that game is going to end. I love it. I absolutely love it. But, I'm just coming uh, up with a bunch of random here, crap. What, what we're saying here is bet the under. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what we're saying. Vigorously. <laughs> um, let's move on. Arkansas State, Northern Illinois in the Camellia Bowl. Uh, this one is usually on Christmas Day, but they moved it to before Christmas. I, I kind of do like having the Camellia Bowl on Christmas Day. Kind of just a thing to put on in the background. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a fun one, though. This is, again, one of those team, one of those games where you turn it on. You can't tell which team is which because they're literally, like, the exact same. It's, like, FCS Midwest and FCS Northwest. The mm-hmm. same color scheme, just a different logo. Um, and both are hilariously – this is going to be, like, a matching game, basically. Oh, yeah. This is. It's just going to be fun. You won't really know what you're watching. It's going to be kind of disgusting, but you watch it and love it either way. Yeah, honestly, I'm upset with the Camellia Bowl for moving now on Christmas. Um, luckily, I'm not going to be at my family's house because if I was at my family's house, there would be no college football. So my brother would immediately default it to turning on NBA basketball on Christmas, <laughs> which is the worst possible thing that you could be watching on Christmas Day. Um, <laughs> so kind of upset at the Camellia Bowl. I have no clue what's going to happen in this game. No clue. This, yep. is the, this is the perfect quintessential bowl game. It is. It really is like it, it. It is perfect. Um, stay away. Wouldn't touch it with a fifty-five and a half foot pole in the betting market. Um, but I'd watch next, it. Next up, oh yes, oh yes, definitely going to watch it. Yes, I meant stay away in a betting sense, just so that nobody gets confused. Um, definitely going to watch and enjoy that one, especially this next one, bro. I are you kidding me? This is a freaking banger the armed forces bowl jmu and air force beautiful <laughs> i i cannot wait i cannot wait to watch this game you got the dukies the dukies taking on the falcons like these are two teams that basically run the same offense that are going to be going crazy back and forth at each other unfortunately air force has been a good team this year they have just met a team of destiny in the bowl games there's no chance. JMU, the Dukes, they didn't even, according to the NCAA, according to everyone else they did, but according to the NCAA, they didn't deserve a bowl. Here they are. They're, they're going to win it. They're going to win it. Just how it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Usually, you always take whatever service academy is playing in a bowl game, right? Because nobody wants to prepare for a service academy and play them in the cold and whatever. No, this is a definitely a Team of Destiny vibe slam jmu this is gonna be this is one i am hitting over and over again uh that means they're probably gonna lose but i'm slamming slamming jmu in this game oh yeah dude i would do it all day every day and the famous idaho potato bowl so we have a very unique matchup um also similarly ish colored teams if, if you consider just blue and not the shade of blue you got georgia state taking on utah state Poor Georgia State has to travel to the state of Idaho playing an outdoor stadium in the month of December. Like, <laughs> was the Kibbe Bowl not available? Why are they playing outdoors? <laughs> they should make a Kibbe Bowl and just play it in the Kibbe Dome. Oh, heck yeah. This is going to be weird. It's going to be like three different shades of blue on the same field. Um, I'm excited. I mean, these two teams are extremely evenly matched. They were both like supposed to do well and did not super do well this year. Very kind of underwhelming seasons for both programs. Um, 
I'm really excited. I think this is a great matchup. I think this is going to be a great game. And let's be honest, while the, the famous idol potato bowl, always a good one. French yep. fries dumped on the winning coach. Mm-hmm. I, bowl of potatoes. Yeah, it's a must watch. It's a must watch. Got to. It's it's one of those bowl staples. You know, it's it's not a bowl you'd ever want to play in, but it's a bowl you want to watch every year. Absolutely, absolutely. Next up, we have the '68 Ventures Bowl. No clue uh, what that means. The new one? Question mark. I have no idea. Um, it was being played in Mobile, Alabama, between South Alabama and Eastern Michigan. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. Eastern Michigan, obviously, used to playing. Uh, on the gray turf mm-hmm. um but the university of south alabama which is located where oh yeah that's right mobile alabama they will be playing a home game against the people that aren't even used to be to playing on green turf so i i think i'm leaning south alabama in this one yeah there's no way you can pick eastern michigan in this one eastern michigan only knows how to play football in sub-zero temperatures they have no clue what to do when they're in a state in the South. Like, they, they, you can't even blame them, right? Yeah. If you're South Alabama, are you happy or sad that you have a home game for a bowl game? D- did you want to travel somewhere? Did you, or is, is staying in Mobile good? You know, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what their fan base is like. Because, I mean, you went 6-6. Six and six. You're not trying for anything really than a, other than a winning season. I think maybe if you're like ten and two, and you get a, a game at home and a chance to win eleven games and like have an incredible end of your season, maybe. But I think if you're just six and six, you're kind of like, eh. I mean, I guess we don't have to travel, but at the same time, your players are like, eh. I wish we could have gone, you know, to Idaho or something. Right? <laughs> moving. Something um, no one's <laughs> ever said. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think in a six and six year, maybe you wanted to get out, just do something a little different. Yeah, I heard something the other day. I want to hear your take on this really quick. This is completely unrelated. <laughs> um, I heard that Idaho is the Florida of the West. How do you feel about that? The frick? Why? What the? Just the way that its people act. There's always something crazy happening in Idaho. There's always some wild thing going on. There's always some weird animal. Kind of just like in Florida. I heard that take the other day. What do you think about that? I think when you put it that way, I can totally see it, right? Like, there's always, like, a bear that's, like, getting into somebody's trailer house. Um, <laughs> there's always the BYU-Idaho stories. Um, they love their tractors, and they're very, like, Idaho man. I, mm-hmm. I guess when you put it that way, I can see it. Um, I was thinking more of, like, the tourist destination of the West, and I was like... Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Get out of town, like... Yeah, I don't know. It's like the polar opposite of Florida, but at the same time, strangely similar. Yeah, there was a weird debate going on at my place of work, my place of, you know, sustenance, um, of gaining sustenance, (laughs) place of work, uh, that we were arguing whether or not Idaho is contagious, right? Um, That being somebody at work had spaghetti and he put sweet corn in his spaghetti and ate it together um it was very weird and one of my coworkers said that's a very idaho thing to do and he (laughs) says i'm not even from idaho but his wife is so we were questioning whether or not he by transmission is idahoan and his weird eating habits are due to him being from idaho Is, is idaho the florida of the west 
is Idaho transmissible? These are questions we may never know until the second coming. Uh, further investigation is warranted. Uh, we'll do a deep dive. Uh, maybe next week we'll have a report for you. Um, yeah, he that that guy's definitely a host. He's definitely a a host being uh, for whatever parasitical uh, <laughs> denomination we want to assign to the state of Idaho and its culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, moving south from Idaho, we get to Vegas, which Vegas could also be in the running for Florida of the West. True, uh, true. We have the Scroots taking on Northwestern uh, in a bowl game in the Vegas Bowl. And I love seeing Utah go to the Vegas Bowl because I know the Vegas Bowl has kind of risen in the bowl hierarchy lately, but it still feels like it's kind of a slight to the program for them to go there. And I love that. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Does Northwestern <laughs> did, have a chance against Utah? My, my thoughts are how the heck did Northwestern make a bowl? <laughs> How how did they get there in the, in the big? They, they play in the Big Ten East. Yeah. How? What happened? The West. Play in the West. Oh wait, yeah. I, I don't know why I was thinking they played in the East. I was, I, I think I was thinking of Bunkers. Uh, they play in the West. I mean, I guess in the West, anything is possible in the West, right? You can you can win your bowl. Game. You can win a few games versus Nebraska <laughs> and uh, Iowa, but um. Anyway, totally off topic. I have no clue what I'm saying anymore. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it has kind of risen in the bowl hierarchy now that they play in Allegiant Stadium instead of – where did they play? Did they play in Sam Boyd before? Yes. <laughs> now that they're playing in Allegiant Stadium, it's definitely raised the stakes a little bit. Uh, do I think Northwestern has a chance? Yes, given the fact that Utah does not have a single scholarship quarterback on its roster anymore, given the <laughs> fact that Cam Rising won't be playing, and literally everyone else has transferred out. Um one of them to Vanderbilt. Shout out Nate Johnson. Uh, so this is going to be a whack game. Yeah, this is going to be a whack game. This is going to be another disgusting. I mean, Northwestern is going to feel right at home, right? And I think that gives them the the advantage. They're going to be like, oh, we we love playing these games. This is what we do every weekend in November, in December, and in, in October, whatever. Um, interesting note: these two teams played in 2018 in the Holiday Bowl, and Northwestern won 31 to 20. So history oh. is on the Wildcats' side. Uh, and I also think they kind of had that team of destiny vibe, like with all the crap that happened with the hazing and whatnot over the summer, and they still went out and won seven games. Like that's a lot of good momentum that is going to be hard to take away. Um, I feel like this is one of those games where the Scroots like don't want to be there, just not going to show up. Northwestern's going to work them. I just really hope and pray that I am not wrong. Yeah, yeah, I have no clue what's going on there. Let's head west. Very far west, about as far west as you can head for a ball game. Far west. Um, in Hawaii, the Hawaii Bowl in Honolulu, Hawaii, Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers or the Chanticleers, whatever the heck they are, <laughs> will be taking on San Jose State. Jared, why did they allow a team from Myrtle Beach and a team from sunny California to go to Hawaii when there were eligible teams such as like Eastern Michigan and like, I don't know. Utah Norfolk State. State. Why not? Why not Norfolk State? Let, let them play in an FBS bowl. Why not? Yeah, this is a, a travesty. This is disgusting. This is like SEC ESPN bias level of disgustingness. Oh, yeah. I come on, San Jose State and close. Like these are two beach towns. Come on, it's disgusting that they get to go to Hawaii. Utah State and Eastern Michigan should both be playing in the Hawaii Bowl. That's oh, how it yeah. works. Freaking saddening. 
Um, I think San Jose State has the advantage in this one. I don't think Coastal Carolina is actually that good anymore. Um, and San Jose State, they were feisty in like at least seven of their games this year, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for this one. I love the late game, 8.30 p.m. on Saturday night. Absolutely love that. Uh, I, the Hawaii Bowl is a classic. I know the year the BYU was in it, that was terrible, and it ruined Christmas for everyone. Yep. But objectively, that was an awesome game. The Hawaii Bowl is always awesome, and I and I love it. I wish it was still on Christmas Eve, but obviously everyone is scared to death of the NFL, and so nobody will play on Sunday. Um, but a late night, 8.30 p.m., Pac-12 after dark vibes. I, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be great. These two um, teams have really interesting colors, Christmas. too. So that's going to be fun. Sorry, what was that? Those two teams have very interesting colors as well, which will make this fun. True, true. Plus the Lays and the Hawaiian shirts. It's going yep. to be great. But let's move to post-Christmas. Um, post-Christmas, we do have some good bowl games. I, this is when it really starts to pick up. And you can see that in the most beautiful uniform matchup of them all, the Quick Lane Bowl between Bowling Green and Minnesota. This is literally like vomit that was left outside for three days playing against another pile of vomit that was left out for three days. This is what it looks like. It's going to be incredible. Bowling Green getting a shot as one of the few G5 teams to take on a P5 team. Bowling Green is that team. I mean, come on. How can you not root for them? Oh, heck, and I get to play in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. Absolute tourist destination, am I right? <laughs> Detroit? Can't have crap in Detroit. Um, I, I think Bowling Green – their uniforms look probably similar to what my coworker's uh, poop looked like after he ate the spaghetti corn. That is the most accurate thing we've said all podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Bowling Green is kind of a chaos team, right? They will beat Power 5 teams and then lose to bottom-level G5 teams. They are the epitome of dumb luck football. I love watching Bowling Green. They are a fun team to watch. Minnesota has been a fun team to watch this year, too. They kind of flew under the radar because, you know, the Big Ten is the Big Ten. You know, it's, it's hard to play in the, in the Big Ten. But the Golden Gophers, they're a lot of fun to watch. Boat will be rowing. Meanwhile, you got Bowling Green, who is a freaking bird. Doesn't matter if you're rowing a boat. You can't get the bird if it's flying. <laughs> the quick yeah. land bowl is going to be a lot of fun. This is like the wild like Richter scale meter meets like flatlining EKG. Uh, it's, it's going to be really fun. These, this is the bowl game. This is the matchup that we should get in the Hawaii bowl, right? Bowling yes. green from middle of nowhere, Ohio or whatever. And then Minnesota, yep. they should be playing in Hawaii, not San Jose and coast Carolina. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the Texas bowl. Not really the Texas bowl. It's first responder bowl. we got Texas state and rice couple of teams from Texas that nobody can ever think of because they're behind Baylor and Houston and Texas and Texas A&M and Texas Tech. And SMU. And SMU and TCU. <laughs> um, but this is a fun game. I think this is an even matchup. Uh, it's hilarious that they're both from Texas and they'll be playing in Dallas. Um, again, why aren't these guys playing in Hawaii? Uh, but Texas and Rice or Texas State and Rice should be a good one. Yeah, this is definitely the how are you bowl eligible bowl. Uh, 
Texas State. I mean, Texas State was on the up and up this year, right? They yeah, beat they Baylor at the beginning of the year. Rice, uh, JT Daniels, though I do believe <laughs> he's in the portal again somehow. Um, uh, he's not going to be playing. That's what I know. Which is whack. Um, why not play for Rice in their first bowl game probably since 1926? <laughs> Jer- what, what do you think? Texas State and Rice. Do you think mm, that either of those two schools are more recognizable than, say, Abilene Christian? No, I think Abilene Christian actually more. <laughs> yeah, because of their presence in basketball. Exactly. Um, these are two no-name schools in the state of Texas. I absolutely love that they're playing. The only thing that could make this better is if the University of North Texas was somehow involved. <laughs> yes, somehow. Uh, maybe they're hosting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that they're in Fort Worth, which is near Dallas. Yeah. Um, Where is the first responder bowl played? It is played. Uh, uh, Gerald uh, Ford Stadium. SMU. Gotcha. Oh, well, we were close. Um, I like this one because it's a spread of under a touchdown and the over-under is very high. Or not very high, but it is relatively high. 60, 60 points, 59 and a half. It's going to be fun. I definitely am putting money on Texas State, though. They have impressed me, whereas Rice, I literally didn't know they were bowl eligible until we saw this matchup. So, yeah. Guys, I'm so sorry. North Texas is not in Fort Worth. I'm a freaking idiot. That would that would be TCU. Uh, they're in Denton. Denton, Texas. Denton. 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 Which is also <laughs> part of the uh, Dallas Metroplex. Okay, well, you're fine. Kind of. It's all the same. Kind of. It's is plain plain old Dallas. It's all it's all the same thing. It's all the same. Texas is all the same. It's not even that big. Um, exactly. Let's go to Arizona to Chase Field. Isn't Chase Field a freaking baseball stadium? Uh, um, don't know. I, I'm pretty out. sure that's where the Diamondbacks play. Uh, anyway, we have Kansas and UNLV. Uh, this is going to be a good one. Kansas obviously is not a bottom dweller anymore. They are a certified good football team. Uh, and then UNLV, they're also a certified good football team. They were really, really good. They went 9-3 and three and then got worked in the Mountain West Championship game. A little bit sad. I think this is an all-time uniform matchup. This is going to be late game, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, Kansas favored by more than a touchdown, um, 12 and a half points. But I think just for the uniforms alone, like we're probably going to get a royal blue on scarlet game. It's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah, Scarlet Red looks beautiful on UNLV, terrible elsewhere. Um, yes. Uh, who's playing in this one? Do you know? Is it um, Daniels or is it Bean? I want to say it's Bean Boy. Bean. Uh, shout Bean. out Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean is honestly one of the most fun players to watch in college football because you never know if he's going to throw for eight touchdowns or eight interceptions. Bean is so fun. He's running around. Bean to me is like prime Spencer Sanders. <laughs> I think that is a pretty good comparison. Yeah, I do, honestly I feel like he's more athletic. Like yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, I'd say he's he's more athletic. UNLV for everyone that's thinking, oh, Kansas is going to dominate this game. UNLV is not a pushover. No, they were pushed over in the Mountain West Championship game, but they got pushed over by a good team. UNLV is good this year. Um, I would venture to say that they probably have less opt-outs than Kansas does, though I cannot quantifiably say that for certain. <laughs> but I would venture to say that. 
Yeah, and and like you were saying with Jason Bean, how he's just like all over the place. UNLV is like if Jason Bean was a football team, it would be UNLV. Like yeah. they they have that level of chaos of just erraticness. Uh, like their quarterback, all he had to do was throw to a wide open receiver, and he threw it to triple coverage for a pick, and they lost to like Nevada or something earlier in the season. Like they they are very very high ceiling, very low floor. Um, I, I think this one is going to be a lot closer than it is projected to be. And I think it's going to be a fun nightcap to those Tuesday night games. Um, on Wednesday, we will be with you late on Wednesday. That's when we will be recording, but there will be a couple games, uh, before we start recording. So I just want to give you guys a couple of, we just want to give you guys our little tips and nudges, uh, just for old time's sake, uh, Virginia tech and Tulane, Justin, I mean, this is an all time matchup. This is, this is a good one. This is going to be fun because Virginia Tech's one of those teams that you never know. Again, I didn't know Virginia Tech was bowl eligible, to be honest oh. with you. Speaks to how terrible the ACC is. Uh, Tulane, you know, you got Willie Fritz, who's not there anymore, right? Is, is he coaching in the bowl game? Uh, I don't know. That's a good I don't question. think he is, right? I think he was already <laughs> announced as the head coach of Houston, right, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's going to coach. Maybe he's not. It's always weird, right? When when you have a coach leaving for another program, does the team rally together? Does the team quit? All I know is that Tulane's uniforms are too cool to lose. Virginia Tech, do they have the same power when there's no Enter Sandman playing? There's no Enter Sandman in Maryland, okay? So I I, I would lean towards Tulane in this one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I've not been a fan of Tulane. Like, they haven't looked that good all season. Like, I, I don't know. I really wanted to be on them, but they just haven't like had that pizzazz that they, that they have normally had. Um, interesting note with Virginia tech, when they score 30 points or more, they win like every single win they've scored 30 plus points, every single loss they've scored less than 30 points. I think this is going to be the race to 30. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I think it's gonna be fun. Uniform matchup is going to be super interesting. You kind of have like the gross colors with the super, super great ones perfect contrast good versus evil um <laughs> and, and again a g5 versus a p5 i mean this is what we love right i wish that tulane champions are the or not the champions of the acc but the you know the runners up of the aac i i wish that they uh were getting a chance against a really good g5 or a really good p5 team um but virginia tech will have to do i guess um i don't know regardless i think it's gonna be a fun game I mean, it's the military bowl, right? In Annapolis, Maryland, where Navy's at. Mm-hmm. It, obviously, you don't get like a submarine dumped on you out of a water cooler, <laughs> right? But do you at least get to like go into a submarine if you win? Like, what's the deal? I'm sure they're doing a bunch of tours of the naval facilities and stuff, right? They have to. Mm-hmm. But none, none will be better than what will be dumped on the coach's head in the next bowl we are featuring. In Charlotte, North Carolina, you will have UNC and West Virginia fighting in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, America's favorite bowl game, where some, where one coach or another will have a five-gallon bucket of Duke's mayonnaise dumped over their head. Jared, who are you leaning towards in this one? Man, I mean, I'm leaning West Virginia, obviously. Big 12 over the ACC Plus, Drake May was essentially North Carolina's whole team, and he couldn't even drag them to greatness most of the year. Like, he tried his hardest, and they still lost to Georgia Tech. 
Um, so I, I'm leading West Virginia. I am, I just love this game. I mean, a thing of freaking mayo getting dumped on a coach's head. That's all we need. That's, that's all America needs to know that we're in a good spot. Uh, this isn't leave the world behind. We are, we are doing okay because Mayo is getting dumped on coaches. It's art. It's poetry. It's it beautiful. Truly is. I also think West Virginia is going to win this game. Uh, next up, we have the Holiday Bowl. A uh, weird, weird bowl because it's on Fox, not on an ESPN network. So uh, yeah, you'll huh? have to get another TV out for this one. Huh? Um, we have Louisville taking on USC. Now, this was one of the best bowl games. Uh, like one of the highest, like, whoa, this is a good matchup. And then Caleb Williams transferred out. I know everybody's like, boo. But no, dude, this is a great game. Louisville, low-key kind of overrated, right? Can we say that yeah. now? Oh, they're playing the ACC. Any any team from the ACC has to be. Exactly. Exactly. Low-key overrated all year. Uh, but, they, like, they were a good team, but they just weren't at the level everybody was putting on. They were not a top 10 team. They're a top 20, top 25 team. USC without Caleb Williams, what are they? We don't know. We have no idea. This this could be still a fine, great team, and Caleb Williams was just a team, you know, a player that took it to the next level. I don't know. I'm really excited to see what Lincoln Riley actually has at USC. Like, this is probably going to be similar to the team that he takes into the Big Ten next year. This, this is a Louisville team that's just loving life right now. I don't know. I'm very excited for this game because I have no idea what I'm going to get out of USC. Yeah, I have no clue either, man. Caleb Williams is gone declaring for the draft, and then you got Malachi Nelson, the five-star quarterback that they had as backup, who has also transferred out at this point. Who who do they have playing quarterback? I don't know. They're gonna have like a wide receiver play court. Is is freaking um, uh, Lincoln Riley gonna pull like a longest yard, throw on the shoulder pads, and get in there? <laughs> who knows, dude? He might have Meanwhile, to. Louisville, Louisville's the wackest team in the nation. They are. The worst, best, best, worst team in the nation. Yes. Best, worst team in the nation. Don't know how they made it to a conference championship game. The fact that they were in a conference championship game speaks to how abysmal the ACC was and how abysmal it has been. The question is, Jared, can a Trojan effectively hunt a Cardinal? I don't think so. I think that. You don't think they could spear them? Nah, Cardinals are too deft. They're too mm. uh, quick and speedy and agile. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's like they have other weapons that I am not used to, but the Trojans I'm thinking of could not hunt a Cardinal effectively. Dude, that fair enough. Fair enough. To finish off that Wednesday slate, let's talk about the Texas Bowl ha- happening in Houston, Texas. The Texas Bowl in Texas. Oh. Mm. Where you will have Texas A&M playing Oklahoma State. You got the Cowboys playing the Aggies. Jared, who are you leaning towards in this one? Definitely Oklahoma State. I Texas A&M is favored by two. I have no idea how. Texas A&M, I mean, this is the perennial underachiever of our entire lifetimes, of our generation. Like, th- this is the most overrated team in the entire country. Uh, yes, they finally got rid of Jimbo. Hired Mike Elko. That's not going to change a freaking thing in this bowl game. Maybe in the future, but right now, no. They are the exact same underachieving, just the most mid team. Like the definition of mid is Texas A&M. 
Um, I really like Oklahoma State in this one. I think they have a better team. I think everybody's just really low on them because of how they showed up against Texas. But Texas obviously had a lot to prove. They needed style points. Um, I think Oklahoma State's going to be ready for this one. I mean, this is Mike Gundy. Uh, you can never count out the mullet. Feisty. Um, I, I think it's going to be a fun game. Gross uniform matchup, but I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, too. I mean, you got Texas 8-4, and four, Texas ATM, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I mean, they if they win it, work. yeah, if they win this game, they'll get the eight wins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> finally. Uh, yeah, dude. Oklahoma State, what kind of team are they? What is is it the team that beat BYU? Is it the team that beat, you know, Oklahoma? Or is it the team that lost to UCF by umpteenth billion points? <laughs> Which one's going to show up? Is, is, is Mike, does Mike Gundy care about bowl games? I don't know, dude. But this is the perfect Texas Bowl. You got a classic Texas versus Oklahoma showdown. You know, two rival states going at it. The orange and the what color? Burgundy? Uh maroon. Maroon. No. The the stolen valor maroon Aggies True. taking on we need actual, to that. <laughs> people that actually wrangle animals. Like assuming Texas AM is a cow, right? Because you know, Utah State, Aggies, they're a cow. Texas A&M, Aggies, are they a cow? Oklahoma State, they're cowboys. What do cowboys do? Wrangle cows? <laughs> I, you got to go with Oklahoma State in this one. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Oklahoma State also in the last couple of years, as I'm looking at the bowl history, some bangers last couple of years. Guaranteed rate bowl, the Fiesta Bowl against Notre Dame. Remember that? It came back oh, yeah. That was a fun seven. one. Like, they, they, they're playing some good bowl games. Like, they're, they're a fun team to watch. Um, the Battle of the Little Brothers we can say uh, officially. Um, I think this one's going to be a good matchup. I, again, this is why we love match bowl games because we get matchups like this. These two teams would never, ever even dream of playing the regular season. So the no. fact that we get to see it in the bowl game, albeit with the whole culture of opting out and quitting and whatever, I still love it. All of these bowl games just have my heart, dude. It is seriously the greatest time of the year. I freaking love bowl season. Um, and I'm so glad that we still have like 35 bulls just on the slate ready for us. Like I, it's awesome. There's time for us to come back, Jared. We might be last in the standings now, but we might be first and second or tied for first after these games. Who knows? There is so much fun stuff happening. Make sure that you're watching these games. We will post every single day that there is a game on our Instagram story. Jared is putting work in on these graphics. He will tell you what games are on that day, when they're on, and where you can watch them. Hint, it's ESPN with only one exception. <laughs> Make sure you're checking out our Instagram at LoyalToRoyalPod where you'll see where, uh, what every game is being played that day. Yep, uh, we'll also have the fan votes up there. We'll do the standings. Uh, yeah, we're doing some fun stuff. Go check it out. We love you guys. Um, have a very Merry Christmas. Everybody stay safe. Um, if you live in a beach town, don't go to Hawaii for vacation. Uh, mm -hmm. Let the people from Minnesota and Bowling Green, Ohio, go to Hawaii. Uh, that's my only note. Yep. Don't How's let your grandma going? drink too much eggnog, then walk outside by herself on Christmas <laughs> Eve. Don't, uh, don't let that happen. Yeah, buddy, buddy system always. <laughs> uh, make sure your eggnog has not fermented. Um, otherwise, grandma might get run over by a reindeer. <laughs> Very true. Uh, I hope everybody gets what they're, wish they're wishing for for Christmas, and uh, we'll see you next week. Merry Christmas. Goodbye now. Merry Christmas. Goodbye.